I hurt myself today to see if I still feel I focus on the pain the only thing that's real the needle tears a hole the old familiar sting try to kill it all away but I remember everything ah uh, yes the ominous strains of Johnny Cash can mean one thing only this is the Bladcast Logan special it is I uh, Christian Blatt on Twitter at Christian DMZ also on Instagram at Christian DMZ I don't know why I leave that out joined by the one and only Captain EO Jeff Duray at Jeff Duray Yes. Yes, that is indeed. <laughs> that me. is correct. Uh, Factual. Our, our, uh, we we usually give our pal Agent Sterling a hard time when he's not here. Hard uh, ding. Oh, thank you. We give him a we give him a difficult time <laughs> when he's not here. Uh, he uh, he had a family situation uh, arise. See, I'm trying to be serious, so I don't. That's why say, I messed it up. Uh, so I like I, I can't say come. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway, he had a family situation arise, which is uh, his to talk about if he chooses. But uh, so he's unavailable, and uh, he actually has not even seen Logan yet because he's uh, been so tied up with things. But uh, we'll welcome him back shortly. Very shortly, we'll have him. But it's just me. And EO. I was trying to think of a way to get your name to rhyme with me. Me and E. JD. Oh. <laughs> yeah, me and JD. Oh. So, uh, myself, Captain EO, Agent Romanoff, and Heather, who doesn't have a cool, fun nickname. Just like I don't, though. So, that, you know, Felix also doesn't have a cool nickname. Uh, we saw Logan on Friday afternoon, and... I, for one, really enjoyed it, but uh, I'll let Jeff expand upon that. Your thoughts uh, heading into the movie, your expectations, and were they met? Uh, I had high expectations because I really liked the trailer, and I liked the concept of, like, the older Logan. Um, I, I tried to avoid learning too much about the movie or the, or the um, series beforehand just because I kind of wanted it to be a surprise. I wanted to go along for the journey. Just because it gets ruined if you do sometimes when I do the research beforehand and then I'm like, oh, this is going to be this story. And I don't get to experience it firsthand. Right. Um, so in that sense, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really fun. Um, I loved the dynamic between uh, Professor Xavier and Logan. A.K.A. Chuck. Mm-hmm. Chuck. <laughs> Gotta love that yeah. Chuck reference. Yeah, that goes back to like... Uncanny X-Men or, you know, it was, it was very early. It was in Giant Size X-Men. It was one of the early Uncanny X-Men, which you read recently. Mm -hmm. One of the ones where it's, uh, hey there, mister, one of those. <laughs> hey, mister. And he, uh, Professor Xavier was, you know, like, well, I would prefer to be called Professor Xavier, but uh, if, if, you, if you must... Charles and he's like, all right, Charlie, because <laughs> he'd called him Chuck before that. And uh, yeah, it was a nice touch. I, I I like those kind of things because I I don't know. I mean, I guess it's hard to. So I mean, they've known each other basically thirty years when this movie takes place. Mm. You know, so uh, yeah, I also don't like to know a lot about these things before I see them. Uh, I read that. Winter Soldier trade paperback after I saw the movie. I have yet to read Old Man Logan. I'm aware of the story, and there's mm -hmm. some crazy stuff in it that could not come out. Oh, 
that could not be included in this movie for one way or the one reason or another. There's you know Marvel Universe characters. There's a elderly version of Hawkeye. There's some let's just say relations of the Hulk. So uh, it, it seems like it's actually really cool, and it's Mark Millar, the guy who, I believe, unless I'm uh, making a fool of myself, went on to create Kick-Ass. So it should be interest- It should be an interesting read. But, uh, yeah, I, like you, I, I wanted Tabla Rasa, and I did not want to know that much heading into it. I definitely knew that it took place a little bit in the future mm-hmm. from the recent X-Men movies, and that it might even be an alternate future. You know, it's maybe... maybe Days of future different. (laughs) Exactly. It's days of future different. And that's all fine. You know, I got no problem. It's it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I wish Will was here because... Well, because first of all, I enjoy his company. But second of all, I was like... What did you think? Was it better than fine? Because if he's like, if it was fine, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know that I need to hear more. You just thought yeah. it was fine. But I can't think you, I, I can't imagine people having a problem with this film. It's been very well reviewed. Yes. It's got a very high rating on, on most things. But it's just a really well-made movie, in my opinion. It kind of, it was like giving Wolverine the R rating allowed us to really experience the Wolverine character the way yeah, he needed th- to this be. This is the Wolverine character that I, you know, first was drawn to and was a fan of when I was like, you know, 10 and 12 and this is the this the hyper violent Wolverine mm-hmm. that we haven't seen very often. There's sort of one instance during the Dark Phoenix saga that we see, you know, down in the tunnels. I think that's on Candy X-Men 133 and also uh, not the miniseries, not the the Frank Miller miniseries Wolverine Number One, but the regular series from 1987 Wolverine Number One. They made a point that there's like a body count of 125 in that one issue alone. They were very proud of that. It was a selling point, <laughs> and uh, I, I mean, I still have it. And yeah, a lot of dudes. It's mostly ninjas, uh-huh. you know, because I, I, you know what? Here's the thing: ninjas are people too, you know. You don't get to kill that many of them just because they're ninjas, but. We don't do a lot of humanizing of ninjas in yeah. in things. No, I, More I agree with that. animalizing them into ninja turtles. Now that now that's a different conversation entirely. One that we cannot have without Agent Starling here. Good point. Um, I I feel like for the most part people enjoy the movie. I actually know someone that I'm going to speak to in a future Blatcast, uh, a future cast. Days of Future Blat. Days of Future Blat. <laughs> Cast. I'm going to speak to uh, Jeff Winstead, who's someone I've never met, but uh, we talk a lot about comics on Twitter and Facebook Messenger, and he also created a comic himself called The Alternate. So I know that he didn't dislike it, but he was underwhelmed, and I think that he got himself too hyped up for it. Mm. Um, I got myself incredibly hyped up for it, but was not let down. Mm -hmm. And I think that the one theory I have is that Hardcore comic book fans, and even if it's comic book or superhero movie fans, might be disappointed because this movie does have a more broad appeal. You know, it's not yeah. as superhero-y. At no point does anyone show up in a costume, you yeah, know, but, which is interesting. But it's it's kind of better that way. To oh, me, yeah, I, I definitely agree. To me, it should appeal to the more hardcore comic book fans for kind of the exact same reasons you're talking about, because it's a lot grittier like a comic book. Like, look, I can't per even come close to the amount of experience in reading comic books as like all the rest of you guys. 
because I'm yeah, a lot newer you, to it. But if you but, take like now, the amount that you've read now is like more than I've read in the last twenty years. So, <laughs> well, yeah, because I the like to overconsume. Two, the last two years, you've overconsumed more than I have since. Yeah, I would say since before the twenty first century. <laughs> that you know, I I, I hung up my hardcore, oh, my uh, gung ho, uh, comic book reading hat uh, in probably about nineteen ninety eight, nineteen ninety nine. Uh, it's just sort of the way it worked. But anyway, so yeah, you're saying you don't. But I just I felt like. And, and maybe this was just me. When we were watching the film, it came across like a comic book story. The way the story progressed, the way that we could have kind of like insular storylines. Like, uh, obviously, this is uh, spoiler alerts type oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. We didn't say that at the top. And so far, we have not spoiled exactly. anything. And that's where I'm about to go. That's yeah. why I'm so now saying. Now that we're about 10 minutes into the episode <laughs> or so, a little bit less. We are now going to uh, bring up the curtain that was covering all of the spoilers. So if you haven't seen it yet, or, you know, look, if you plan to see it and don't want the spoilers, then stop listening. If you don't care to have things about having things spoiled, I don't know anybody who's going to see it who wants it spoiled. Yeah. Or if you're just not going to see it, but you're, you like us so much, you want to hear us <laughs> talk about a movie you don't give a shit about, then continue listening. But yes, this is now a spoiler-filled zone. Thank you. <laughs> So when Wolverine kills Xavier, that's kind of well, like... It when almost, let's be specific. Yeah. When X-24, the clone of Logan, kills yes, Xavier. I hate to think that our Logan would have killed Professor Xavier. No, yeah. but, it, but it was such a great moment. Yes. Like, they really brought me there for that moment. Because like, we had the history, and even if we hadn't, I felt like Patrick Stewart was had such a great performance in this film. Yes, he was of, fantastic. Like this extremely powerful psychic who's so intuitive and has all this ability, but he's also got this degenerative brain disease that's making him like half crazy. And if you've ever been around somebody like that, yeah. he did a really good job. Yeah, and it it asks an amazing fundamental question. There's a few fundamental questions I can answer. What happens when the most powerful mind, I was going to say on Earth, but because so many X-Men stories happen throughout the cosmos, when one of the most powerful minds in existence starts to degenerate and he doesn't have the control anymore, we see what happens. And it's alluded to that something terrible happened only a year earlier. And we he I, I sort of like the way that, you know, that, to that story doesn't get told. We don't see a flashback. There's a radio report where they, you know, they click off before they say, you know, killing a few people, including including a few of the X, and then he turns off the radio. I I think it was going to say X Men, not the cast of the X Factor, the the talent show. Like, X Files star. X Files star David Duchovny. Oh, too soon, man. How sad if that's how he went. If Professor Xavier, I'm the I'm the only X in town. But yeah, so it, it is interesting. It's a great moment when Charles realizes I've done something terrible. Wow, I had such a great day, but I didn't deserve it. Mm -hmm. And then X twenty four is like, nope, you didn't deserve it. Snicked. Yep. That doesn't really sound like a snicks, but it's the but sound effect. But that was the I perfect have. sound effect that should have happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, like, that to me, that could have been like the end of an issue. And then it's like, well, fuck, where do we go from here? But there's still plenty of places to go from there. And that's what I felt like it did a great job. Like, you can, ha you can wrap up these storylines, but still progress the arching story of this one film. And it, and it, it all worked for me. 
Um, I liked the relationship between Logan and X-23. I thought X-23 did a good job communicating without being able to talk for almost the entire film. For most of the movie, yeah. I think, first of all, the actress who played X-23, she was fantastic. Mm -hmm. And I saw one comment somewhere on a friend's Facebook where they complained about her. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Mm -hmm. Like, Like, the kid was too much. I'm like, too much? She's like a mini Wolverine. Yeah, if, if by anything, too much you mean she, too much awesome yeah. and it made you cream your it, pants and so you're embarrassed, <laughs> then fine. If anything, let's not talk about creaming your pants for like an 11-year-old girl. Okay, fair point. <laughs> but you I meant was the not, awesomeness. Yeah, no. I know. You meant the it awesomeness. Was the awesomeness of the carnage and coolness that yeah. made you cream. And In no way do I yeah. condone no. any form of pedophilia. Yeah, there's a reason we Jesus. don't have Liev on the Black Addict <laughs> anymore because uh, that's what no. he would have said. Uh, well, he just texted me. I would. Oh, <laughs> Liev, you're the worst. But yes, she was so perfect, and her name is Daphne Keen, D A F N E. I don't know that much about her, but uh, I was fast enough to look up her name because I kept forgetting. I knew it was like it's Daphne with an F, F, but I don't remember anything about her last uh, last name. So yeah, she's great. And here's the thing. The idea that she's over the top, if anything, she's way too restrained. The fact that she doesn't just kill everyone, that mm-hmm. she doesn't kill Professor Xavier and Wolverine, like, instantly, mm-hmm. you know? And that's the X-23 character is a concept I'm very much aware of, but it's well after my time. So I don't believe that this is sort of how she was introduced, but it's such a great way to bring this character to fruition. And... Uh, it's funny, I was talking to my wife and I was referring to her as X-23 and she had no idea what I was talking about. And I was like, oh yeah, right, because they only color Laura in the movie, you mm-hmm. know? I mean, it's like if you're reading some of the documents and things on the screen, you see that she's X-23 and you see that the Logan clone is X-24. Well, she wasn't even just X-23, she was X-23-23. Yeah, that's right, because there were... All the kids they, are all X-23. The kids were X-23, she was the yeah. 23rd iteration of X-23. Right, exactly. And uh, this kid is, she was so good and I was wondering, I'm like, I feel like she's going to talk at some point, but I didn't know if it was going to be like a Silent Bob thing where she just says one thing at the end. You know, <laughs> that would be great all- if she just went in perfect English, too, even though she was Spanish, yeah. was just like, well, Logan, you know, it's been a long journey. It's really <laughs> come a long way. Yeah. Like, you knew the time was going to run out eventually, yeah. Or but- she just actually tells the Chasing Amy story. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fantastic. And, yeah, I think that just the dynamic of the, it's it's weird because within this movie there's several different mini movies and the idea of Logan X23 and initially Professor Xavier in this like road picture they're you know it's like okay road trip <laughs> buddy comedy yeah buddy comedy <laughs> and you feel so bad for Eric LaSalle and his family because when they stop to help them you're like oh man why are they gonna die yeah you know and and it's like there's a couple of times where they can get out it's like no let's not go to the house okay let's not stay the night all things that you know have that happened they they would have been fine uh but uh, that's not the way it happened because movies are terrible and by terrible i mean terrible things happen <laughs> obviously two things about that first uh I just wanted to say for an endorsement of the film, Natasha, who's generally like Give me an Agent Romanoff. Agent yes. Romanoff, who generally is not a huge fan of Gore. Like she's the one who's like, Oh, I can't watch this. Oh my god. That was an excellent impression of her, yeah, by the way. Perfect. It sounded just like And uh, she uh 
She actually, she felt like it was very violent, but it didn't go over the top. So for her to say that, I think is a wow. pretty good job. Like they kind of found that perfect line for even like a sensible, sensitive person. Yeah, no, my wife is not a huge fan of, you know, overly violent movies. I mean, she enjoyed Deadpool immensely and that, yeah. of course, but very Deadpool's violent. Deadpool's awesome. It's, Deadpool's awesome and it's also much more lighthearted It's than like this. the difference between that Punisher Warzone yeah. and like this. Punisher right. Warzone, you see like jaws exploding and with like gross goo coming out yeah. and you're like, that it was unnecessary. It's, it's the difference between the Criterion Edition RoboCop, which we all watched and live tweeted, and and the rated R version that was in the theaters. There's just a few seconds here and there in that Criterion version where you're like, oh, I don't know that the arm needed to explode like that when it got shot, but it's kind of awesome. <laughs> and yeah, I think there was, there, look, there was an excessive amount of violence. Uh, unfortunately, Jeff has now heard me say this joke. He's about to hear me say this joke for the fourth time. But <laughs> what I said right afterwards was, you know, I just thought it could have been a little bit more violent. There, there wasn't enough blood. There, there wasn't much of a body count. And it was really impressive mm -hmm. that uh, they did it in a way that, you know, you're not really looking away from it. You feel like inexplicably it served the story for there to be that much blood well, and gore. Here's two facts. Fact one, you watched a man take knives out of his hands and yep. literally stab them through the faces yep. and, like, neck. Like, really gruesome, awful ways yeah. to die. And he did it a lot, and we watched it. Like, we watched the claw come out the front of somebody's face, and it wasn't over the top. No. It, it, Which it, is, like, okay. Because yeah. it was, like, you see that, and you're, like, oh, it's gruesome. And then it's, like, the next level would be, like, him pulling it away, and you see all the gross shit. And that's what all these other movies do for, like, the, oh shock value but this was just like no that guy's dead moving on more people need yeah, to die and, and i think that's usually what my problem is I, I you know will and some friends of the black cast are bigger horror movie fans than i but i do enjoy some of the older horror movies not the ones now but sometimes i'm just like all right i don't, I don't need all this you know sure i like to see jason sneak up on teenagers making out in the woods and you know like hack them up but there's a there's a line, and I need it to help the story, yeah. or just be so amazing that you don't care if it helps the story. And I feel like this was great. And this is one of those movies that I really want to see a making of, you know, behind the scenes featurette, especially with any of the scenes where X twenty three is just tearing the shit out of people because you're like she's well, got to be a ninja yeah right and you just you look at her and i'm like all right i don't know you know what the what the double looked like but you got to find a you know a small person who can do all that shit and look i know it's movies and there's tons of cgi and all that i'm not an idiot i'm not a bujenski i understand uh, but it, it was just those scenes you know after the first one happened i started watching and just like how are, how are they getting this to look so convincing that this little girl is like just fucked up 20 dudes and you know look it, it doesn't hurt that she has the toe claws which is always pretty amazing mm. you know there have been some characters who've had those before so yeah i mean just on that level i don't know it sounds weird to say that that level of violence really fit the story and i i'm sort of interested in one day this movie being on like fx or broadcast tv <laughs> and i am just like well i have to watch it i have to see how they did it like what you know so it's what two hours and four, two hours and 40 minutes is about the running time and i guess that includes the credits so i mean you could get a tight like hour four i think you can cut an hour out of it <laughs> you know so it'd be interesting to see but 
I uh, so that level of some of the the filmmaking was all very impressive. It looked great. Um, great casting on the other kids. Just to give a shout out to yeah. them for a moment because I I'll want to move on to the the principal characters and of course the title character. I was going to say titular character, but then I said it, so then I had to. Anyway, I I think that those kids were great. You know, first of all, there's like the one really fat one who runs really fast, and I'm like, I don't even know how they made that look convincing, but he sure did. You know? <laughs> he was like, yeah. And, you know, some of the characters had names that you're like, all right, I mean, I remember a character named Richter. I, I don't quite know how that, that's all going to translate. Um, I'd be interested in knowing how or if they try to continue this story, you know, the the young mutants from the end of this going to Canada to basically find some kind of promised land or something. And I, I don't I don't know that they'll get that opportunity. Uh, you'd have to kind of add some movie stars to it because you can't just have these kids in the movie. Uh, I, I'm kind of interested in their story, though. So if they did, you know, a follow-up comic book, I'd be interested in that. Uh, a novel less so because that's so much goddamn reading for one of those novels. Uh, but I, I like the comic books that follow up movies, you know, the, the Darth Vader comics and stuff. That's mm -hmm. great. So uh, I don't know. What did you think about some of those other kids? Uh, do you, did you feel like they, they I jumped the shark in any way no, or no. jumped the shark face kid? It was, it was interesting the way that we were building to this whole, like the whole Eden promise, the whole like, Oh, we're going to meet here and do this. And you're so convinced by Logan, like, nah, it's bullshit. Like, get out of yeah. here. And you know something's going to happen because, you know, like, but but I liked that it was like, nah, this is just a meeting point, dipshit. Like, yeah, well, we all read the same comics and we're like, yeah, that place sounds good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so so I liked it. I thought that, I mean, the, the other kids weren't in it too much, uh, but their parts were all good. It was like they didn't. We were building, because that's like right before the climax of the film, essentially, right? Right before the ending. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I guess it could have been ruined if the kids were bad. But yes. it was like, by that point, I was so invested in what was going to happen to Logan. I was so invested in his essentially, like, suicidal, like, feelings uh, and, and how this relationship with X-23 was going to play out. I, they didn't really yeah, they didn't, do anything either way. They they had built up so much goodwill with you. It's yeah. kind of like the opposite of what I was talking to, speaking of goodwill, speaking with our will about the Lone Ranger movie not too long ago, is that by the time that they got to the Lone Ranger theme, it was actually a really cool and inventive sequence in that Lone Ranger movie. I was just so done with the movie, and I was like, nope, you're not winning me over. Fuck you. This yeah. movie's been garbage. Now, oh, now you have a great train sequence where we get to hear the music? No. you No, I am not in. So <laughs> they could have gotten away with a lot in, in this movie. I, I definitely agree with that. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Logan as we get to meet him when the movie starts. I mean, you feel like he could be doing something better than being a limo driver, but at the same time, he needs to really stay off the radar. I mean, a good way to stay off the radar, of course, is to not use your real name, you know, his his birth name, his James Howlett, which, yes, that's, that's retcon background information, but uh, as it is, it is his real name. And I thought that this concept is fascinating because... It's something that I also always thought about when I was a kid and I would read these X-Men comics. I'm like, all right, so he's aging slower. He has the healing factor. At what point is it going to slow down and not work for him anymore? And the, if you do some simple addition, subtraction, a.k.a. math, 
just shy of 200 years. He's about, he's a little bit more than 150 at this point because he and his brother Sabretooth served in the Civil War along with some other wars. So that's, you know, he's a little bit under 200 years old. And clearly... I thought they said he was born in uh, 18 something. Yeah, yeah, because he, he served in the Civil War, which was like 1850, whatever. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe when. like 1812? Yeah, the, the, the overture of 1812. Yeah. Tie it back. To the Lone Ranger. But, yeah, I think, you know, so he's, and obviously his healing factor is, is still works because he can still spit out bullets, but it's very painful and it's like, oh, he's like shitting out bullets out of his arm. Well, the question that, that Natasha asked me was, because um, it, it, the way that they made it out in the movie was that it was the adamantium that was poisoned. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. So the reason why both he and X-24, X-23, you know, anybody who has that healing factor, they can survive the adamantium bonding process. Anyone else, it's going to kill them. But because you're constantly regenerating, constantly healing, you're able to survive having it there, you know, and... Uh, Wolverine had the adamantium ripped out of him by Magneto once upon a time. I believe it was uh, Wolverine number 75. And that's when we learned, and I don't think anybody had thought of it at this point. If I ever get to talk to Chris Claremont again, I want to ask him if he'd ever thought of the idea that Wolverine had the bone claws, which I don't know if you've ever seen any comics where he has the bone claws. Uh -huh. Yeah, so he gets the adamantium ripped out. I thought the bone claws was something that they gave us from X-Men Origins or whatever. No, was. that was the Wolverine, which I was thinking about mm -hmm. that. No, I thought they showed... We saw the, we saw the bone claws in that too? Well, oh yeah, because you know, he's a little kid in the beginning yeah. of X-Men Origins Wolverine. But at the end of the Wolverine, my one of my most disappointing third acts in movie history is the third <laughs> act of the Wolverine, but he ha he loses the adamantium on his claws, but yeah. then we see the bone claws. Yeah, when and the silver samurai cuts him off it's with a little his bit super of a, adamantium yeah, cutting he's sword. Like, he's like, I got super duper adamantium. And he's <laughs> this like, is adamantium plus. Yeah, exactly. He's like, I pay I pay an extra nine ninety five a month, so I get adamantium Chrome plated. plus. <laughs> so yes, and by the way, that is something that I was thinking about when I heard that they were doing this old man Logan movie. I was kind of interested to see where that story went. If you remember the Wolverine, you know, he has the bone claws and he runs into Professor Xavier and Magneto at the airport. And that doesn't tie directly into Days of Future Past. Like I thought that like, okay, it'll kind of make sense in that, but it, that's not what happened. So it's interesting. And I don't know that we'll ever get that connective storyline, the follow-up, because Hugh Jackman says he's done playing Wolverine, which mm. is another thing that we'll talk about. But Back to Logan himself. So, yes, the healing factor is failing, and so the adamantium is literally killing him. And there's not anything he can do about it except just slowly die, and that's why he's got the adamantium bullet, you know, which you knew would be used at some point. You're like, mm -hmm. okay, well, especially once X-23 had the adamantium bullet, uh, and and once we met X twenty four, it's like all right, I, I I'm not I'm not a master storyteller, but I think I, I think I can connect. <laughs> it was pretty point, obvious. Point A to point B. <laughs> I know how those are going to happen. And it's like, and then he he tells her to use the bullets. Like she's not an idiot. She knew. She knew how to kill him. Come on. She's so, a murderer. She's yeah. a murder child. Yeah. She's she's <laughs> from the corn. She knows what's up. <laughs> So this iteration of Logan is not one that I'd seen before, you know, where he's he's this old, you know. The oldest I had ever seen him was in Days of Future Past. And in the comic books, as as you know, 
in Days of Future Past. Actually, I don't know if you got that far. I don't think I loaned you those. No. I think you stopped. I stopped you right before Days of Future yeah, Past. Yeah, you were like, "Fuck you." Yeah, I was just like, "No, man, you got to get off this junk, man. <laughs> you can't have it." Man, uh, I just mainline well, the entire. It, it <laughs> says it, it says it on the cover of uh, Uncanny X Men One Forty Two. Everyone dies in that issue, and you literally you see all the future versions get killed. So you see like that older Logan, and you know I think. It was less established how slowly he was aging at that point because it was that comic came out in 1980. I believe the story was set in 2010, and it's like, wow, he, he aged a lot in 30 years. Not the previous hundred, he didn't age that much. But well, that that was the thing I was going to bring up is if Logan was probably close to 100 before he ever got the adamantium claws. Like, oh, because yeah, it would have been about a hundred years old before he ever met Stryker and and had that whole storyline played out. Because that yeah, wasn't until I the nineteen sixties, seventies. Yeah, it just depends on which timeline you look but at. Either it. Either way, it would just have say sixties, seventies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, actually, if you go from Days of Future Past, which is nineteen seventy two, he doesn't have the adamantium in his past body. But then we see sort of him get pulled out yeah. and delivered to Stryker, and so you get the impression that that's when it'll happen. It's, well, it's no, because that was the end of Days of Future Past, and then we head in um, Apocalypse. We see him, he's in Stryker's oh, that's base, right. and yep. he gets released. We do see him in Stryker's base, of course. Yeah. Um, so, so uh, you know, assuming he got it in the 80s, then he lived 40 years, or 40 yeah, to 50 that, years, and that, then it starts killing him. Because that was 1983. Which yeah. would mean X-23 is not going to live past 40 or 50. In theory, but then when you think about how old he was at this point, and, you know, he, he it's more not how long he's had the adamantium in him. It's the fact that he's so old his healing factor doesn't work as well. You so think that it's, I think that she might be able to live like 100 years. Okay. Know? But we'll see. Well, I was somehow. just wondering if it was like, see, in my mind, it was like once you got the adamantium in you, it's a countdown, right? Like it's essentially starting to poison your body and require all this healing factor. So if... We operate under the assumption that the healing factor gets, like, used up by using itself constantly, then she would only live, like, a much shorter time than Logan ever did. No, I definitely agree with that. Uh, it's, uh, it's an interesting question. Uh, look, if you're this far into our Logan review and still listening, you're probably, you know, the uber nerd status. So let us know what you think at BlackCast, B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T. Like The Black Cast on Facebook and let us know over there. Uh, we'll be happy to uh, read your comments and continue this conversation because at some point we'll also talk to Will about this. I'll be very interested to know how much he thought it was fine. Fine. It, it was fine. fine. It was fine. It was, it was no Man of Steel, but it, it was fine. But anyway, I... Did this movie have Kevin Costner walking into a twister? No? no. Then fuck it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In fact, there were no twisters in this movie. So it's not even as good as Twister. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, Bill Paxton, <laughs> R.I.P. R.I.P. But I don't. I thought this was a really interesting, you know, sort of. We're used to Wolverine being borderline invincible, and he is not in this. No. And it's. I like seeing him this kind of vulnerable, except for in the one way he'll never let himself be vulnerable emotionally. <laughs> but that's that's kind of the theme of every Wolverine story. Because yeah. if it's going to be Wolverine by himself, like. What we know of Wolverine is like, oh, yeah, you can just take on the entire army. Like, that's yeah. fine. He'll just keep healing and coming back at you. Like, when I was reading those um, Civil War comics, uh, I was reading some Wolverine-specific one. Yeah. And I forget who it was, but they, like, explode. Or Nitro, the one who sets off the whole um, 
Civil War. Basically causes Civil War, yeah. Tries to explode Wolverine, and he does, and then there's just, like, an adamantium skeleton just, like, laying there, and Wolverine is, like, in hell for his little bit, like, fighting somebody, and then grows back from that, comes back and snakety-snicks him. So... (laughs) Yeah, no, it's uh, it, it is it is interesting to see the limitations of this character, and uh, I, at some point, somebody else is going to have to play Wolverine. I think that they'll try and keep it on the sidelines for a little while. That was a bottle cap. Thank you, the little added content there uh, for the Blackass listener. You know who who should probably do it is Jai Courtney, the guy who played Captain Boomerang in Suicide Squad. One because and Captain he was also Boomerang. John McClane Jr. in I know, Die Hard I know, Five. But but for the listeners, I was only, but I think him as Captain Boomerang is why I think he could be he could Wolverine be, okay. because it's like the same character. He's got mutton chops and he's an asshole. <laughs> right? Look, what else do you need? <laughs> and he's Australian so it's like, you know, continuing in the same ilk as Hugh yeah, Jackman, right? That's true. Yeah, because only Australian people can play. Oh, I, I'm an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're going to be the Wolverine, you've got to be, I think Australian's about as close as you can be, right? Because he's supposed to be Canadian but no Canadians are that big of assholes. So, you know, if you're going to be foreign... Yeah, and I'm, speak, I'm having trouble thinking of, of, of a Canadian that's that big of If you're going to speak asshole. funny English and be foreign, you might as well be Australian. <laughs> you might as well. No, I agree with that. Uh, back to the uh, sort of emotional vulnerability of Logan. You know, he obviously can deduce right away that this is his kid, and I think he's just probably like, well, I don't quite know, you know, how the math adds up, and then it's like, okay, so they just, you know, robbed my DNA way back when, and, you know, made a made a little little baby clone out of it, so it is his daughter, but yeah. it's like not not made in the old-fashioned way. It's your way. daughter! <laughs> yeah. Like, well... Well, sort of. Not okay. by consent. Yeah. Like, yeah, right, exactly. I mean, isn't that, isn't like cloning a daughter of you without your consent, like... The birth form of rape. Look, these are the issues that'll be really important in 2029. Clearly, you know, because if Wolverine had lived through the movie, maybe he could have, uh, you know, at least avoided like paying child support. I forget what it was, but there was like, I can't remember what it was. It was something where, uh, oh, I think it was like South Park, where Cartman's mom is like sleeping with senators to try to like convince oh, them to I, allow yeah. to have super late term abortion. Remember this, yeah. It's like, yeah, all right, well, uh, you know, how what what term is he? She's about. 94 is like so nine years old. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. Board. <laughs> yeah, and again, that's South Park. They they uh, take things to the limit, but Shushmortion, sorry, Shushmortion. Oh yeah, that's right. The some of my favorite interactions with Logan. I was talking to my wife about this. Uh, the Wolverine character over the years are just for whatever reason, you know, he's always a dick to everybody and he's like this hard ass, but he's always had a soft spot for the younger characters, you know, uh, Kitty Pride, Kitty Pride and Wolverine is one of my favorite miniseries of all time. The six issue Kitty Pride and Wolverine series. I probably enjoy more than the Frank Miller Wolverine series just because it's, I don't know, there's just so much more to it. It's also six issues, so it's longer, but... uh, but uh, also there was a rapport with Jubilee, who, yes, I know everybody hates, but I like that, that Wolverine liked her. And there's sort of a, a much more marginal character, a member of the, the team, the super-powered team called Power Pack. They were all children, and uh, there's some great stories, uh, including, I think, Uncanny X-Men 205 and definitely 195, where uh, Wolverine is sort of with her and trying to keep her from seeing some of the horrors that are the horror that's going on out out in the world. And uh, I think that 
at this point in his life, he's sort of fighting that. He's like, I don't care, kid. You know, and he's like, nope. Uh, but there's some great parental interactions, which my wife and I laughed a little extra hard because it's a lot of like, no, not okay, after she almost kills the guy in the convenience store. And we're like, yeah, Felix might kill somebody if he tried to take away his Pringles, you know? So uh, there were, I thought there were some great moments. And when she finally blows up in Spanish at him, and it's like, you can talk. I thought that that was a pretty great dynamic. And also she has this, like, little kid voice because she's a little kid. It's easy to forget that. Uh, and, okay, if I have to find something to criticize in the movie, man, her English got good really fast when it had to for the sake of the story. But I'm willing to allow it because of the fact that, you know, the story moves along with her knowing it so well. One point I will make, because I that was something I had thought of, and as you said it, it, it occurred to me, of course she's going to actually need to speak good English, too, because the doctor, the primary person she dealt with, was an Englishman. Yes. So, so she would have learned Spanish from her nurses who were with her all the time, so that would probably be her primary language, but she would have to speak proper English. She would English have to communicate with that to, doctor, yeah. yeah. And also there was something that they didn't do, which is something that they've, they've done in comics, actually, and I believe the first time that the X-Men went to Japan, uh, Professor Xavier conveniently taught everyone Japanese with his mind powers, which you're like, all right, I guess. Sure. It could happen, but it's like, oh, that's a, that's a little too convenient. You should have just made him like his own little TARDIS where he's <laughs> translating it for everybody. Yeah, right, exactly. It's like everybody here. Yeah, and they, the universal translator from Star Trek. There's a lot of ways around it, and it's fine. I Just before the movie started, if you remember, we went to, you know, they they show your big screen, your big budget box office successful movies, but they also show arty movies that they had a a tagline to one of their promos. We're not afraid of subtitles. And then Uh, you and I talked to us like, no, I am afraid of subtitles. Terrified of wasting my life. Yeah. And you talked about spending what like two two, and, two, two, and, a half two and a half plus hours which which kurosawa movie was it kagamusha 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 <laughs> and yeah so in any case there was obviously no need in this movie for that many subtitles so no. i'm glad and i like that, that they didn't subtitle her spanish like it was clearly meant for us not to yeah, know what she was saying we needed to not understand you know and i i like that you know, Professor Xavier's like 90 years old at this point. He's one of the smartest men on the planet. And he doesn't really know Spanish very well. He was he's talking just, a little. He was like, a little, he's like, poquito mas. You know, <laughs> things like that. But, uh, yeah, I thought... Yo quiero taco, man. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, it's obviously... It's obviously sad to see Logan at the end. But it's at least satisfying to see this older iteration of the character basically have the one last hurrah where he does some good and... You know, the future Wolverine, the next generation, the X-23 character of Laura will live on because of what he did. You know, Natasha did not pick up that uh, X-23 speech at the end was from the movie that they watched in the hotel room from Shane. Yeah. Yeah. I I went to the bathroom during that and I still I caught enough of it where I'm like, oh, that's from Shane. Ah. So, yeah, I thought that was a nice touch. It's true. And and that was the moment too. It was like, well, I guess she learned English from watching TV that one afternoon. And actually, that wasn't Vegas. That was a casino in Oklahoma City. But still, when they were at Harris, she's like, good, I'm going to watch TV and learn English. Except mm-hmm. we, we already feel like she knew it. But I don't know. I thought that that was interesting. And look, at some point, we needed to see Charles Xavier die, which, by the way, I've seen him die probably three times, but whatever. In the comics, he's died many different times and in different timelines. And 
I think that, you know, look, he, he had, we talked about it. He had the remorse because he remembered what he had done and he felt terrible about it, which is why Logan kept him kind of drugged up for a year. And I don't know. I think that, uh, he was able to also do some good beforehand, but, uh, I, I was sad to see him go, you know, I mean, because I've loved seeing Patrick Stewart play Professor Xavier. Yeah. James McAvoy's great. And, He's going to continue to be great because he's, I believe, going to continue being Professor Xavier, at least in whatever the next movie is that I believe will be set in the 90s. It's a good passing of the torch, right? Like, Patrick Stewart was the perfect Professor Professor Xavier to introduce us to the concept of Professor Xavier, this, like, very empathetic Mm -hmm. telepath who, like, just wants to help all these kids along in this established X-Men that we were introduced with uh, Brian Singer's X-Men. Yeah. Whereas now that we're going back, we have to have like the we have to have all these relationships that got played out in like flashbacks on the cartoon of like the relationship between Xavier and Magneto, the relationship between him and like all these people when he was able to run around and do things. Yeah, I think I think it you know, look, there's obviously that's a very clear passing of the torch and like we were saying someone's going to play the Wolverine character at some point because, you know, you 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 can have him sit on the sidelines for a little while, you know, because they managed to squeeze him into sort of the first class generation of films. I mean, that it was a cameo in first class, but there he was in it, which was an amazing cameo. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he had a, a little bit more of an extended cameo in Age of Apocalypse. Or was it just called X-Men Apocalypse? Age of Apocalypse was a big crossover event in the 80s. You see, there's so much information in my head. I'm like Professor Xavier. My comic book knowledge is so vast you never that it's forget. going to paralyze. Sometimes you just don't recognize. <laughs> yeah. it's, my comic book knowledge will just escape from my brain and paralyze everyone in a like two-block radius. And they'll just be thinking about Steve Ditko's speedball in the New Warriors. That's a... That's a deep shout-out for some of you listening. There you go. But in any case, I think that uh, it, it was it was good. It was great on every level of the movie, but I also think sort of telling a final chapter for these characters that is conveniently in the future, so they're, they have plenty of time to tell more stories. It's funny, though, because I was thinking, I'm like, okay, I just that was one of the things I knew before the movie, that this is 2029. I'm like, well, that's way in the future. I'm like, well, actually, that's only 12 years. So it's like X-23 is probably basically born like now. You know, if you look at it that way, like she's maybe not 12, but, you know, she's born in the next year or so. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, yeah, it's not that far off 2029. And it's just it just sounds so far away, but it's not. And how old will Felix be in 2029? 2029, he will be, I think, 14. Let's see, because I mean, dude, the Matthews born in 2015. So he will indeed be 14. Yeah, so he'll be in high school by the time 2029 rolls around. So, so this could have been about him. Uh, it could have been. He could have been uh, one of those kids. But he wasn't. Yeah. Or was he? And we just haven't seen his mutation he, yet. He will be. <laughs> you will be. <laughs> so <laughs> it's always funny. It's always funny to say. Uh, just some of the other uh, casting. Uh, it was uh, I liked seeing Caliban again, whom we only saw for the first time in Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Uh, this time played by Stephen Merchant, who many people know as sort of one of Ricky Gervais' right hand men, uh, mostly on screen as his agent slash manager. I forget which in extras and 
my wife hated him in that show because he was he was like she hates any show that has like a Gilligan where the only and she uses this as like the the, the Gilligan syndrome where their sole purpose is to fuck everything up for everyone else. <laughs> and, you know, because if you think about Gilligan's Island, not to get too deep about that show, if they had killed him after the sixth episode, they would have been off the island before the second season. You know what I mean? It just, it was it was Gilligan every time. So, anyway, that was what she thought about uh, Stephen Merchant. Anyway, I've, uh, <laughs> I, I've always been fond of the, the Caliban character. Uh, you have not gotten to the point when uh, he becomes overly obsessed with Kitty Pride, which we'll leave for you to read about and then talk about when you're horrified. Uh, but it's not that bad. But... Um, yeah. Is he a pedo? Uh, no, no, though she is 13 at the time. So, you know, look, Colossus dates her. So, I mean, he's 19. So, you know. 13 and 19? Like, that's a little gross. That's a little, yeah. But uh, I think that that's, I think that that was one of those uh, admonitions that. That's came. like that bad, whatever her name is, um, the Cash Me Outside girl. Oh. She's like 13. And Yikes. she's. I think she's dating someone like 26 or something. Wait, to which you mean 30 and it's or 34 and it's Bujenski, right? Probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> First, like that whole situation is just psychotic and disgusting. Like, You're talking I, about the cash me outside girl? Yeah. Who, whom I did not expect to be talking about. Yeah, I know. She's like, I, I saw a clip of her on Dr. Phil. Is that where people know who she is? Or is I there think other so. Th- okay, yeah. Well, it's, it's like that and then it turns into the meme and then now people are just like, she's getting a bunch of endorsements and shit. It's just sad. Sad for her. I, I didn't mean to, like, go into a tangent. No, no, but, no, no. But, hey. It, it, but it, it made was... me think of, like, that's the kind of, like, I don't know, the gross relationship where you're like, that's pedophilia, right? Like, that's yeah. not a, where, how's this well, guy not arrested? That, that's why uh, Colossus and Kitty Pryde got broken up at some point, and uh, also. Did they get broken up because someone was like, Xavier was like, this is inappropriate. No, I think it was just more that uh, they established how old Colossus was. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and, then like, and then I think the, mm. the editors were like, yeah, you got to, yeah. So <laughs> the, the one writer was from Alabama, he's like, I don't see the problem with this. <laughs> Age of consent, my friend. Uh, but anyway, uh, sort of moving back to the movie that we're talking about, not the Cash Me Outside, the Logan ca- Logan slash Cash Me Outside special. Logan says Cash Me, cash me Outside, Logan. <laughs> Snickety snick, berserker yeah. style. This is a movie that I think Jason Mewes will enjoy. I feel pretty confident. I know that Kevin Smith enjoyed it because he tweeted about it after he saw it. Uh, it's interesting because I'll be interested in talking, as I alluded to earlier, talking with uh, Jeff Winstead because I know that he was underwhelmed. I want to know sort of what areas he found lacking. And basically he's hearing me say this right now and he can jot that down and he's like, oh, don't worry, I, ha- I have some things. But uh, on the whole, you know, very satisfied with this movie and it's even with with that kind of running time, it has to be good. And, you know, one of my things about Superman, Batman, Superman was just a little shorter, but it, this I, I felt okay about it, and I I feel like it it earned that lengthy running time. Like, did it feel? Well, this is set up just to say to use the bell. Did it feel long to you? Uh, um, no, not at all. Actually, it was definitely a movie that I kept wanting to keep going. I kept yeah. being like, no, 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 don't end it all. Please. Yeah, this needs to be a thirteen episode uh, Netflix series that yeah. I can keep watching for the rest of the day. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, I saw somebody on Facebook make a comparison that I 
I understand what they meant. They basically said that this is like Marvel's version of The Dark Knight, not the Frank Miller comic book series, The Dark Knight, although there's obviously some similar tones in there. They're talking about the film, The Dark Knight, because that was just a great movie. You know, that's not like, oh, it's a great comic book movie. And in that sense, I can say that about this, but I feel like that was such a unique... Christopher Nolan to, is like one is probably one of if not my favorite director. Right. So that's just a hard draw for me because his movies, for me at least, I always I always get drawn into them. Like the world that he creates in and like not just the Dark Knight ones. Like I love Memento. I'm obsessed with that film. Um, Insomnia is a great movie. I watch Interstellar over and over again, even though other people don't like it. And then everybody loved Inception. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. A lot yeah, of no, I think a that. lot of people were sort of confused by Inception. You know, all that. But uh, I mean, I thought it was great. But I was like, that was confusing. There's like all the different levels of the dreams and stuff like that. And like his movies, like The Dark Knight, they're all based around like a, a palpable feeling, like a theme, right? Like the. Um, well, The Dark Knight was all about uh, the Wall Street greed and everything, catching up to them. Yeah. And it was all, like, right before the bubble burst or right around the time. It was, yeah, it was 2008, I believe. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so it's, like, it really captures a feeling of a time. Like, you'll never enjoy Dark Knight as much as you did when you very first saw it because it was the zeitgeist. Like, yeah, it did a great job of capturing that. So this movie is great, but it in no way is meant to have that kind of, like, cultural reflection. There apparently was an interview where James Mangold, who's the director and also wrote Logan, he tried to say that this was a very political movie, and I didn't feel that at all. And at some point, maybe I'll read his comments, yeah. but I, the, I, I don't know I what's political I didn't feel the politics yeah, in I, this. You know, I mean, look, that the government's bad and does shit on the side. But like, what, it, like it wasn't even the government. Yeah, exactly. That was just it's a, it transigent. Was just, yeah, they basically just made that. Like, if there was any, uh, if there was something, you would have to like make it three levels levels deep and be like, oh, a big corporation is the one that's doing all this evil stuff. So corporations are evil. So people who own corporations are evil. So I hate the president. Yeah, like, well, what? It's, it's really <laughs> like, what the fuck? I agree. It's really a stretch. But I, I don't know. I didn't get that feeling. And yeah, I think that this isn't rooted into 2017 in any way. But to go back for a second to the comparison to The Dark Knight, what that basically did is it took the the tropes and the conventions of the superhero movie and it was just all on a different level. It was all heightened, but it was much darker. And it was basically the usual, you know, good, bad hero villain. And this didn't really have that. This had like a shit ton of evil coming after this little girl and Logan basically trying to save her, save Professor Xavier. And, you know, he didn't work quite as hard. He would have liked to have saved Caliban, but, you know, he didn't really lose much sleep over it. But, you know, there wasn't, like, a central villain. You know, that taking the Batman-Joker dynamic to the level it did, you know, I, I don't know that we'll ever see something that's quite like The Dark Knight. I'm the just... Movie. I'm just now... Putting it together, I think it's supposed to be a refugee thing. Oh yeah, you know what you're right. Yeah, that's you're right. That's probably like that. Nobody wants these refugee kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and the, they can't get sanctuary until yeah. they go to Canada and all this other shit. You're right. Yeah, that's probably what it is. I still feel like that's a stretch, but I but think I had to literally sit there and be like, yeah. "What the fuck like, was I'm your not, point?" I'm oh, not I'm not listening refugees. to you. What was this? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so one 
other point that we'll talk to talk about before we wind down here is that you know Hugh Jackman has said that this is his last time playing Wolverine. Patrick Stewart says this is his last time playing Professor Xavier, which you know that's this is a good way out for both of them. And the interesting thing was that Hugh Jackman said it was a conversation with Jerry Seinfeld that inspired him to, what's the deal with Wolverine? No, that was not the conversation. I don't want to be a pirate. See, these are all the things that Will would say if he was here. But just sort of talking to Jerry Seinfeld about when he decided to end the TV show, you know, maybe you're still not at the top of your game, but you still have stuff left in the tank. You still have stories you could tell stepping away before you run out of those. And I think for him, it's a little different because he's acting as a character who at some point he's going to be too old to, to play, you know, and I think getting in shape to play Wolverine takes a lot out of him. I mean, he said the regimen that he goes into, uh, you know, and Will has said that it's perhaps not all natural, which is probably not good for his body. So I get it. I think that he's great. And, you know, if he ever is a little down on his luck and he wants to do like a never say never again where he is Logan again. And, you know, he just maybe doesn't take his shirt off, which is fine for me, but less fine for Bujenski. You know, it's fine. It's fine. You want me to see huge jacked man without his shirt off? Yeah, I'm fine with that. No, he can just play, he can just play Logan, you know, in like a, in, in, in like with his costume on or something. I I don't need to see all that. So if he doesn't want to get in shape, but I, I don't know. I have to change his name to Gary Oldman. (laughs) Gary Oldman. (laughs) Anyway, I don't know about you, Jeff, but I feel like this was a satisfying way to see both Professor X and, you know, yes, we're going to still see someone else play Professor X, but uh, I, you know, in my mind, I wasn't sure that we were going to see any more Patrick Stewart, Professor Xavier. You know, to me, Days of Future Past was actually passing the baton, a phrase you used earlier. I felt like, all right, well, yeah, now we're going to get the young cast, and that's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's but fine. instead, we did get one more with Patrick Stewart where it was perfect. This was great. Mm-hmm. For him to play this version of Charles Xavier, of Chuck, uh, I thought it was very satisfying, and I'm all right with not seeing them again as as these characters. I, if if it happens, I will see it on opening day, like I did this time. But uh, what are your thoughts on on this being the last go around for both Hugh Jackman as Logan and Patrick Stewart as Professor Xavier? I'd say, I mean, as far as I guess essentially film swan songs go, it was yeah. about as good as it could have gotten. Yeah. Um, you know, I hate to see both of them go. I think they're both great, but I think that's why having a wrap up is so important, right? Like, um, so <laughs> kind of like how people either like love or hate that last little melody at the end of La La Land because it gives you a wrap up in some way. Right. It's the same thing. Like, I think you'll either love or, love or hate this. I don't know anybody who hates it, but maybe you could be pissed. Maybe, like, you could be like, mm, this isn't a fitting end for Wolverine. Like, yeah. he should have gone out, like, fighting an entire army by himself. Which, by the way, he essentially did. Yeah. And just go figure, a younger, stronger, faster version of him is too much for him to handle. Yeah, that makes sense. Bullshit. Yeah, he's not going to be able to beat himself. <laughs> but has that younger version of him ever fought Sabretooth? Maybe. 
No. We, we, well, probably not, because it's like it was like he like just came out of the tube or whatever. Is Sabretooth dead? What happened? Like, no, they kind of just uh, stopped using. Yeah. Him. So the last time we saw Sabretooth was the Lee F. Schreiber Sabretooth, and before I think it was before Days of Future Past, I rewatched all the X Men movies, including the bad ones, Last Stand and X Men Origins Wolverine. And what I was reminded of was that X Men Origins Wolverine. I am making no apologies for it. It was not good. No, it was the worst fucking one. However. I thought that Leo Schreiber or Sabretooth was fantastic. And it's <laughs> very unfortunate that that performance was in such a shitty movie. Yeah. And I would have liked to have seen it. I can that. believe that because I know he's a good actor, but yeah. that was the no, worst one. No, that movie was so bad. And, I, and it, like, it, almost, like... it almost kept us from ever getting Deadpool, which is mm -hmm. one final point we'll talk about. But finish your thought. Well, uh, yeah, no, that was definitely by far the worst one for everyone because it was like even, even X-Men Last Stand was terrible and garbage, but it didn't like go back just to fuck things up. I don't, it was just like a movie that had no point, no need, and just ruined everything it tried to do. Yeah, well, it was really focused on setting up a Deadpool movie, which, despite X-Men Origins Wolverine, we still got it, and setting up a Gambit movie, which we still do not have. I, I have no... Appeal, I find Taylor Kitsch very unappealing yeah. on TV, and much less the movies. So Isn't I didn't need that. Channing Tatum's well, Channing to play Tatum him is supposed something? to be Gambit, but there have been a lot of stops and starts with that. Uh, in what any was case, he supposed to be Gambit in? A Gambit movie, like a standalone Gambit movie. Uh, yeah, so okay. that's supposedly in the works, but uh, not. It's not. It's not on the slate, as they say. So we'll we'll see if when that happens. So uh, I guess f as we sort of. Before we talk about our final point, the last thing to say about Logan is that I'm going to give it a uh, the highest you can give, six out of six snicks, because Wolverine wow. only has three claws on each hand. He doesn't have the toe claws, so I'm going to give it the six snicks. What do you think, Jeff? Do you I'm, give it... I'm going to give it five and a half snicks, so like and just it only little... gets that half snick because he's an old man. He can't get it all the way up. Ah! Uh, before the movie started, there was a great little, it wasn't, you know, a, a trailer. It was a little teaser for Deadpool 2, which was really funny. Yeah. I thought it was great. And I thought that it was really well done. And, you know, Deadpool goes into the, the phone booth and the John Williams Superman theme starts. And I'm like, well, how the fuck did they do that? And then the credits of... Logan start and I'm like, oh, Lauren Schuler Donner's a producer, and that's you know the 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 Superman, uh, Richard Donner. That's the you know the that's the connection. So they somehow got it, even though the, that's you know, DC's music. It's a different studio. All all this nonsense. Uh, but what a fitting use of that song <laughs> to hear the Superman theme while Ryan Reynolds got pressed ham up against a full a phone booth. So mm -hmm. I thought, did that, you see the firefly poster in the background? I did. And I saw people posting, about it. I'm not quite sure what the connection is there. Like why Didn't it get was that there. one. They just thought it was fun to saw put the there. Nathan Cump summers coming soon. Mm -hmm. was yeah. That's, that's cable who, uh, we will see. Allegedly we will see cable in, uh, Deadpool two. Mm -hmm. Uh, anyway, look, I think that uh, we it really enjoyed the movie. I, I said I was going to see Rogue One again while it was still in the theaters, and I didn't. Yeah. I'd like to see this in the theater one more time before it, it becomes Blu-ray City, but I don't know if it's realistic that I can find time to get to the theater, but I want to. And I want to see it again, and I kind of, you know, sort of, you watch it with a different set of eyes when it's the second viewing. So, uh, but we welcome any and all of your feedback on Logan, old man Logan, and all things X men 
As I said earlier, you can tweet us at Blackcast, B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T. You can like The Blackcast on Facebook. And, of course, Blackcast.com, B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T. And uh, that pretty much does it for now. But we open up the floor to your comments, questions, concerns to any of those places. So for the absent Will Sterling, at Will Sterling underscore, don't forget he has his own podcast, The Motivation Report. And he always finds time to do that. I kid, I kid. At Motivate Report. And for Captain EO, at Jeff Duray. I'm Christian Blatt, at Christian DMZ. And we will see you next time on the Blackcast. I also just realized that uh, even in that X-Men pilot you showed us, Wolverine was... Had, a, had an Australian, Australian accent. Yeah. yeah, he had an Australian accent in that and then on an episode of Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends. I don't know why. Oh, I'm Australian! Wolverine! Wolverine! Wolverine's favorite movie, uh, Red Dawn. Everyone.